JR, I got the mic on, but I need I need to greet you, man. How you doing? Good, man. And I'm glad yeah. yesterday was such a success. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. You Thank put you. your head on this side, I put my head on this side. Okay. 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 <laughs> Hi. How are you? Doing good. Good, good, good. So I read in the uh, in Facebook that uh, you guys raised a good amount of money. That's great. Yeah, you know that uh, the Lord blessed and uh, mind if I talk about you a little bit? Okay. Okay, I've uh, been talking with Jr. about just where he's at, and his son is at in the. Uh, he's in Cook uh, Hospital in Fort Worth, right? He's in Fort Worth, and uh, uh, dealing with a lot of medical issues, and uh, body is an amazing thing that God made us this way uh, and it has to be almost perfectly balanced to um, to function and so you know, if you get one thing right another thing may go wrong and and so the doctors are really uh, diligent about uh, keeping Isaiah right where he needs to be and uh, he's been away from home for a long time uh, and I uh, I hate that. Um, I'm sure uh, Lucretia is ready to come home and be with her other kids and uh, be a wife and a mother and you know, all that she is. And uh, so um, we let's just take the time right now to to pray for him and to pray for this family. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come right humbly before your throne. But you said to come boldly and ask, Father. So we come boldly and ask for a healing for Isaiah. We come right now and say, Father, we can't do it by human hands, but, Father, by the divine purpose of your love and your manifestation of mercies and comfort and healing, Father, we pray that by your stripes he is healed. It is because you paid the price that we can enjoy the promises of God, the promises we just kept, we were just talking about, just singing about, just acknowledging that the promises, you're a promise keeper, Father, and we need you. We need you, Father. Let us not walk a step without knowing that we are in need of a Savior. We're in need of the great physician. We're in need of you, Father. And we can't do it ourselves. And so, Father, we rely on you. We rely on your truth. We rely on the goodness of your word and the goodness of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of God and Jesus, Father. Jesus is the one that we lean on, Father. And I, I pray for him right now. I pray for this family. 
and, and Father, they're having to navigate a lot of things in their lives. And Father, I pray that you order their steps. You bring them what they need at the very right time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. There will be a, there will be a testimony of good things. Testimony of good things. Um, last week, um, I took the time to describe in a lot of detail about the crucifixion, the time from the Last Supper to the time that he hung on the cross and all that he went through and all that he endured and all the pain and agony that he had to go through to actually be the perfect Lamb of God. That it, it, when he died on the cross, the Scriptures say that it was at the time that they sacrificed the lambs. He, the significance of that. The time that he died on the cross, it was the time that there was a sacrifice done in the temple area, sacrificing the lambs for all, but yet the Lamb of God, the true Lamb of God, He died for us and for all those who will believe on Him. And so it it was a significant thing. The reason that I did it was because Sometimes we get too sterilized. We don't want to know all the gruesome details of what Jesus went through. Ooh, I don't want to know. Ooh, I don't want to see. Ooh. And yet, he endured it. He went through it. He walked through it. And so, in that, it's important that we know what Jesus went through. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to get on our website and to listen to the details of his journey and what he had to endure. And it, I mean, it is, it is not for the weak-hearted. And he didn't intend it to be. God didn't intend it to be. He went through this 24, 36 hours. And if it would have been my son, if it would have been my son, and I had the ability to stop it, I would have said, that's enough. That's just enough. Stop this. Stop this. I couldn't have endured it. I couldn't have endured it as a father. I couldn't have endured it if I was the son. I would have said, stop it. Just stop. At any given time, during this thing, Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world. What, What could you endure to a point where you would say... 
No more. This is it. No more. 10,000 angels come. And the world would have been gone. You, I, our ancestry wouldn't have existed. But for the purpose of this, remember the purpose is His. And that purpose was that God desired to live with His children. He desired to live with His children. So He had to set up this huge thing for the remission of His kids' lives. For the, rem- for the remission from their sins and covered by the perfect Lamb of God. This all had to be done. And Jesus said, hey, I'm the Son. I live there. When, when he, he, he prayed, pray like this, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be in crane as it is in heaven. He lived that. If he would have wiped out the world, where would Jesus have gone? Right back to the right hand of God. He would be there. This was not about him, though it's all about him. It was the purpose of getting us to love God. Getting us to love Jesus. Getting us to the point that we say, I embrace you, Jesus, and I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for your love and the manifestation of how He showed that love was the cross. I was talking to a a young girl, and she has a cross tattooed on her. And I said, why did you get that tattoo? She said, because I liked it. But the cross meant nothing to her. You need to understand it would be just like tattooing an electric chair to your arm. That's what it was. It was an instrument of death. It was an instrument of the penalty that you would give the worst criminal. You could have just gotten an execution chair, an electric chair, because that's what that cross is. It's not an ornament. It's not a a beautiful thing. It's the rugged cross. And we have to acknowledge it as that. All of that comes to what I want to preach about for the next few weeks or however long God decides about love. I mean, if Jesus didn't show us how much he loved us by going to the cross and by what he did, we got a problem. I mean, a huge problem. We got a big problem in going, oh, I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about what he did. I don't care. And I'm going, you don't understand 
what he did do. And he says, though he gave it all, he asked us the same thing. Take up your cross and follow him. And what does that mean? Well, he says, how I showed you love, I'm going to ask you to show me that love back. Uh, you mean I'm going to have to die? In a matter of speaking, you're going to have to die to yourself. You're going to have to die to this thing of your own want to and hand it over to Jesus and say, what do you want instead of that? What do you want? When we go on trips... We try to take into account, well, what would Caleb want to do? What would Carmen want to do? What would Cole want to do? And, and, and Sharon, what would you want to do on a trip? If, I remember one, my son's very artistic. He said, I want to go to a museum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not what I usually would, would do on a vacation. But guess what? I had to die to myself to give him what he wanted. We do that all the time. J.R. is dying to himself so that his son can get the medical attention that he needs. We die to ourselves. And Jesus asks us to take up your cross. Deny yourself. And follow him. It's a big step. It's, it's one that also demands sacrifice. And he is our example. Turn to John 15, starting with verse 8. Sure. Starting with verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that, uh, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known. Unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, 
and ordained you that you might go and bring forth fruit and that your faith should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. The first statement that I want to point out was, herein is my Father glorified. I think any Christian who understands the gospel, that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again on the third day. And as he rose again, all of that was to cover our sins. If you know that, then our next step is how do we glorify God? Do you want to know how to glorify God? I hope that's a question that you've asked yourself in your Christian life. How do I glorify God? Will it tell you? Pretty simple. That you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Now, we bear much fruit internally. We are a certain way. We have a soul, we have a body, we have a spirit. And our spirit is this big, but our soul is this big. Our soul being our mind, will, and emotions that need to be saved. We have a soul that continues crying out, Stop this, stop that, I want this, I want that. My longer because their soul hasn't been dealt with. And so when your soul gets dealt with, when your soul is being turned into a, a, a decent human being, then God said, let your spirit expand. Let, let the spirit of who you are become what God wants. Because what's going to live with God? Our spirit. Our body is decaying in the ground, but our spirit lives in heaven with Him. And you think God's going to put up with the wah, wah, wah? No, He's not. You're living in His house. And He says, whatever I say goes. When I say move, you move. When I say jump, you jump. And you're asking how high on the way up? We are to be that type of servant. We're in training right now. This is what we should be doing. We, should, we are in training why? to glorify God here on earth so that we can glorify God in heaven. It's not by works, though. We, well, you're talking about 
You're talking from both sides of your mouth. Either I do it and do it, or I don't and I still get to heaven. Yes, you do get to go to heaven, but Jesus is preparing you now to rule and to reign as he sees fit. We are people that should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12. He goes, I beseech you, brethren. I beg you. I want you to know, be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. We think one way, and he says, think another way, because that way is not working for you. It's just not working for you. And you know what that really comes down to? Repentance. We can show God we love Him by repenting of our old way and starting the new way in which God says, glorify God, bear fruit. For whatever excuse that you have that you shouldn't, any excuse that you have like, well, that's just who I am, well, change. Change. I don't care who you are. I care about what you're going to be. How God is going to transfer your life into another way. That's how we glorify God. He so desires, so desires that we be clean. Matthew 28, 18-20 says not only do we glorify God by bearing fruit internally, but we all must bear fruit externally. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, get this, all, not some, not 50%, it's 100%. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. All power. It's all His. Now why do I struggle? Because you haven't acknowledged or taken the power that He has to offer you. He has to offer it. He, he has offered it to you, and we have to receive it and take the power. This is uh, hard. I, I don't want it to be hard. Well, tough noogies. It's going to be hard. Why? The harder it is, is because the harder we hold on to it. The tighter the grasp. The tighter says, I don't want to give up that. I don't want to give up my bad habits. I like them. It's how we serve ourselves. Everything that you do has a purpose. Honestly. Everything that you do has a purpose. And if that purpose is that you say, I like that. Well, I'm not going to have something around here I don't like. But it's about you, isn't it? It's about you. I don't like the songs we sing. It's not about you. 
I don't like the color of carpet. It's not about you. I don't like that I have to. It's not about you. It's about Jesus and glorifying Him. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I've come to a realization. There's a lot of controversy. Should I be baptized? Should I not be baptized? You know what? Tired of arguing it. It just says it. It just says it. Baptize them. Baptize them. It says, get baptized. Well, why? Because he said so. Because it's not about you. It's about him. He says, get baptized. Well, it's a tr- it's it's a lot of pr- trouble. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Just do it. And have faith that because Jesus said it, we should do it. You know, a lot of things Jesus says like that will eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You're nuts. You're talking, you're talking crazy. You're talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. Are you talking about cannibalism here? I mean, just really. I mean, come on. Is that what you're talking about? And so 5,000 people left him on that day. Just 5,000 said, don't like to hear it. Don't want to hear it. You're crazy. And Peter comes to him and says, this thing that you said is really hard. It's kind of a hard saying, Jesus. We just had five people exit. I thought we were trying to get people. Why did they exit? Wouldn't you give him an explanation? Wouldn't you? Why did you go to the store? Well, I went to the store to...
Now I have a weapon. Throw it at you. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> it's restrictive. As the father, uh, point number two. As the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus gives us an example here. He says, as you've been around me, we've slept together, we've eaten together, we've laughed together, we've cried together, we've been around each other. This comes from the uh, second discourse of what Jesus was talking about right before he goes to the cross. And so he's telling them, look, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. When he loved me and told me things, I came straight to you and I told you things and I loved on you. I showed you how the Father loves the Son. He gives us that example. And so he says unto us, Let the love between Jesus and God, the Father, show us his expectation and to continue in that love. To continue in the very love that I've shown you. Continue in the love that I am giving you. Continue in that love. Why did he say that? Well, because they're about to come up into one of the most devastating times of their lives. Jesus was going to die. And they were going to witness it. And they were going to see every second of his torture. And so he said, continue in that love. It's sometimes hard to do. We make excuses for ourselves. We really do. Well, why are they being so grumpy? Well, you know, they... They uh, lost their job, or they lost this, or they've lost that, or they've gone through a hard time. Jesus isn't making up an excuse. He's saying, hey, love me. Love as you have been shown love. God is going to show you love. I think we need to come boldly before the throne of God and ask anything, everything, and lay it out all on the table because you're accepted. You're accepted in Christ, and he says, I love you. And even though it's painful, even though it hurts, put it out on the table and let God show you, well, this I can take care of. This I can take care of. This I can show you stuff. This I can be with you in. Don't hold back anything from God. Just don't do it. Because you are tying his hands and tying his heart from loving you. Think of it that way. If you withhold anything from God, anything from Jesus, you're, you're tying his hands from actually loving you the way he wants to love you. 
He wants to give you all advantage because he says, in this world, what? You're going to have trouble. He knows it. He knew it. It's designed that way. But take good cheer because I have overcome the world. That should be our first clue that he was saying, I can help you. Part of three. He also says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. What does abide mean to you? Abide means you abide with your parents. It means you live in their house. You eat their food. You sit on their couch. You watch their TV. You abide with them. Live with them. And so therefore, he says this. If you keep my commandments... You shall abide in my love. This can become legalistic because the adverse, the opposite of that would be if I don't keep your commandments and you don't love me, that is not true. He doesn't say that. In fact, he says, the weaker deserves more attention. We as people need to understand that God is saying, I want you to abide in my love. I want you to abide here. I want you to be with me in all of the things that are going on in your life. How? Keep his commandments. Because what does he know about his commandments? He knows that if you keep the commandments, you're going to live a life of Peace, you're going to live a life of joy, you're going to live a life of victory and being an overcomer in your life. Because if you abide in his way, then you have taken on the very essence of Christ to overcome the devil. If you take this time to abide in his commandments, you are taking a stand against his enemy. And his enemy is our enemy. His friends are my friends. He is my everything, right? Then everything he says, I hop on board with. If we live the way, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we live the way the Great Commission tells us to, the result is abiding in the love of God. He says, go therefore teaching, telling people. If we abide in that way, we will have his results. Part of loving God is enduring enduring the relationship that he has with us. If things are going wrong in your life, 
You need to ask two questions. But they have the same result. The first question is, is this an attack? Is Satan trying to attack me? The second question you ought to ask, is this from you, God? Are you trying to teach me something in the discipline that I'm having to learn at this time in my life? What is it you're trying to tell me? Either way, either way, it comes down to this. Revelation will bring about a result of God. When he tells you, well, this is an attack, then we got to get serious and fight the devil. We are to expose him, and we're supposed to be an overcomer and victorious in our lives. We really should. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to think about this. I want everybody to close their eyes. I won't hit you, I promise. Do you, have you, sinned less yesterday than you did the day before? Did you sin less yesterday than the day before? That's how we understand growing up if I have a baby and I'm trying to teach him to walk and he falls down two steps boop two steps boop two steps boop I expect that just the natural way of things that he's going to take three steps and then he's going to take four steps and then he's going to run at some point Are we not to do the very same thing in our lives as Christians? There's a there's there <laughs> there are sins that just hang around. Why? Because I haven't overcome them. And it's just true of me. You know, the the particular thing that that I have to deal with, you should deal with your own. You should identify them and say, well, I'm doing better. But it's not by works. It's about following Jesus. Because what? All power has been given unto him. And that power, he gladly says, here, you take it. You take this power and you become the victorious one. You become the one who can, can be an overcomer in. And it's amazing when we follow Jesus. Some of those things become, I'm going to say this, some of those things become easy. Why? Why? Because I've stopped doing it by my flesh and my soul. And I've allowed the Spirit to take over that part of my life. Out of the Amplified Version, Hebrews chapter 12, 5 through 8. And I have forgotten the divine word of appeal 
and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons. My son, do you think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him? Verse 6, for the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, and he punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. People don't understand the visitation of God. Why did this happen to me? Why, 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 why? Let me tell you. God is trying to teach you something. And that's what you should be asking. What do you want to say, God? What do you want to say to me in this time, in this area? What do you want to say? And it may surprise you. I have people that come in and they go, it's my fault, it's my fault. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be your fault for something bad to happen to you. It doesn't. And when, when you realize God is still moving in your life and doing things to make you stronger, man, you've got to praise God when you become stronger. Verse 8. No, verse 7. You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there among his father does not train and correct and discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate. Offspring, You're an, You are illegitimate offspring and not a true son at all. It's going to come. We're going to be chastised. We're going to be corrected. It's just the way of God. How can we presume that everything we do is right? More often, everything I do is wrong. <laughs> and I need His correction. I need... To know the way of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I have to know. I have to be told. I have to be encouraged. I have to be taken to another level. But if I'm left to my own thinking, I misinterpret facts all the time. Something happens. Well, this is why that happened, and this is who's to blame. And and you're going, stop. Find out what the Lord is saying and have the true interpretation of these facts from God, not your own imagination. Because it takes some imagination for some of the things that I see. On to the next one. These things I have spoken unto you that, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. 
How many times have you seen your grandson? Once. And you haven't seen him, you know, how old is he? Four months. Now, you wish that were different, don't you? You wish you'd see him more. But yet, do you feel like you'd love him anymore if you'd seen him more? (laughs) Yeah. She loves her grandson. Her first. And she sees pictures and she gushes and she's, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at this boy. And even in that very moment of time, there's something within her that rises. And what is that? Joy. Pride. She probably thinks, this is just the most beautiful baby in the world. He is. He is. I'm not making that up. He is. One time we had a Christmas program. And uh, Carmen was wearing this um, little red dress. And uh, she was beautiful, of course. But Grandpa came. And Grandpa came. And the next day he calls my sister. And he said, oh, yeah, they had a program. And and Carmen was the prettiest one there. And my sister started laughing. She said, you might be a little prejudiced. No. No, she really was. She really was. (laughs) Do you think we bring joy to the Lord? I want to tell you right now, yes, you do. When you come to Him, when you're in, his, in the midst of Him, I don't care if you've been separated from Him for four months or whatever felt like a lifetime. There's going to be times when the parent is separated from the child, but let me tell you, there is joy. When you come together again. Psalms 105.43 And he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. Isn't that great? He brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. You know I make God happy. And it's not by the things that I do. Just because I get in his presence. Just because y'all came to church and y'all worshiped and y'all were here giving your heart to the Lord during that time. No, you made God happy. Yes. Yes. Zoe's here. And I get to worship With her, I get to love on her. I get to have her with me. Every time I go to Odessa and I pick up Carmen, and she says, uh, says, well, I'll meet you there. No, 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 don't, don't meet us there. I'll come pick you up. Because I know that if I come pick her up, that's more time I get to be with her. And then I have to take her home, which is more time I get to be with her. Now, she rolls her eyes at me and says, oh, gosh, it would be easier. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be easier. I'm willing to do that. 
I want to do that. Because my children bring me joy. We bring God joy when we're with Him. When we're with Him. Mm. Jude one twenty four. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of of his glory and his exceeding joy. Isn't that great? He presents you. He presents us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, God just doesn't love you. He likes you. He likes you. He likes your personality. He likes that, that you laugh at certain things. He, he, he likes you. He gave you a personality to enjoy, to enjoy him. And, you know, I've been, I've been talking down the soul a lot, but there's a part of our soul that he loves. In fact, the word says he's the lover of my soul. He loves us. And he wants to be with us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, Jesus was just about to do that. How do we lay down our lives? Well, he says, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. When when I was... uh, Uh, Thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me something to wear. And they said, when did we do that? When you've done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. How do we lay down our lives? We lay down our lives by service. And you have to be able. Here's a key point here. We have to be able to do it without thinking, well, they didn't thank me. Then it was for you. Let them praise the Lord for what you did. Why? Because it was the Lord that started something inside your heart to be able to produce a service unto them. Love the Lord and just obey what he says. And you're going to come into the contact of the right people. He's going to open up some things for you. He's going to say, this is who I am. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Praise God. And ordained you. What does ordained mean? It means he has taken you and placed upon you that what you need to accomplish the work that you need to do. He's ordained you. Chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I love that. First John 2, 5. But whosoever keepeth my word in him verily is the love of God perfected. When we keep his word, we perfect the word of God. The love of God is perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. First John 4, 9. It was 
manifestation. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world and that he might live through him. For God so loved the world, what? He gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed. God himself. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about God. God himself sacrificed his son because he loved us. Because he wants reconciliation. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness for us. He is. So what should we be? Let me tell you what. You want to know how to follow God? It's, it's simple. Love him. Just love him. You know, how I'm a, you know why I'm such a great husband to Sharon? Because <laughs> I love her. I love her. And I want to lavish her with all that I can because I love her. Don't you want to do the same thing to the people that you love? I think you do. It's just our nature. God put that in us to love people. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And love one another as you do yourself. Love God. JR, I want to take this time and just say, you have made decisions in your life recently. You've come to some crossroads in your life, things that you couldn't have ever imagined when you first started out. But let me tell you what, God sees it. God honors it. And God will show that as righteousness unto you because of the faith that you have shown. And so he will direct your path. He will direct your steps. He will do what he needs to do. What? To bring you what you need. Well, you see, I'm just confirming it. I like to be the initial word, but hey, if God said it, you know, that's, that's okay. Yeah. So know that the Lord is is moving. Yeah, it's okay. You have something to say? Yeah, uh, I just want to let y'all know. Um, you know, my son, like I said, Isaiah, he's been sick, and so <clears throat> me and Arthur, we started this journey about probably like a month ago when Isaiah got sick. Excuse me. Hey, you know, come out and get this release valve. Well, anyways. Two weeks ago, they had said that Isaiah's uh, kidney had got up to 25% from 10, but the doctors were kind of like, don't be surprised if this is the best he's going to get, you know. And sure enough, a couple of days later, I started getting phone calls for, like, secondary insurances, like Medicaid, Medicare, stuff like that to apply. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. I, I, he's not chronic. They're like, well, he's not, but he may be, and, you know, he may need a kidney transplant. We're just trying to get the steps forward, you know, for the future, just in case, right? 
So I'm like, okay. So I come home, back home. We know, of course, we had our meeting. We prayed and stuff. And that whole week, I just kept telling God, like, just show me a sign. Like, just to let me know that, you know, are we doing the right thing? I mean, am I going the right direction? And sure enough, on Easter Sunday, that morning, he came, I dreamed, he sent my friend, my mentor, uh, BJ Neal. Some of y'all know he died like three months ago, right? So BJ came, I dreamed, and I hugged him, and he talked to me, and I started telling him. It's like I come in Fort Worth at the hotel, right, where I'm staying at. And he started telling, I started telling him my sad story, like, hey, you know, I was sick, and this and this. And he says, oh, I know. He says, God told me. He said, God told me to tell you that he's going to be okay. He said, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. Just stay there. You know, keep going. Do what you're saying. Don't lose faith. It's going to take a while. And be patient. And I said, okay. And at the end, what got me the best, of course, I gave a big old, uh, big old hug. And I had my girls with me. You know, they're like pulling. Come on, Dad. We got to go. We got to go get Mom and Isaiah. And so I'm walking off. And he tells me, hey, Jay, are you doing me a favor? I said, yeah. I turn around. He says, tell my son and my daughter I love him. I said, I sure will, man. So that morning when I got up on Easter Sunday, that's the first thing I did. I called. Well, at first I couldn't believe it. So my little girl gets up. I get up and take a shower, of course, and she gets up. She tells me, Dad, who were you talking to last night? Because you just kept talking and mumbling in your sleep. You told somebody you loved them. She's like, I just kept feeling you rolling around the bed, rolling in the bed and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I said, it was, it was, it was Jesus. You know, he came in my sleep. He sent my friend. He sent my mentor, you know. Mark's his dad, to, you know, to tell us I was, hey, was going to be okay. So, of course, the first thing I did, I called Marcus, and I told him, hey, man, I saw your dad. I hugged him, <laughs> you know, and I felt bad because, he, you know, he, he couldn't. But he told me he was going to come see you soon, you know, and he was happy. He was like, oh, thank God, you know. And the next day, that Monday, Isaiah had dialysis, and then we got the best result we've had in this past six weeks. And it was like, and, and it's been getting better every day, you know what I'm saying? So, they took him off two medications, you know what I'm saying? They're, now they're projecting that he may come home in June, maybe sooner. We don't know. Like I said, we just keep in the faith. So as Arthur is talking about today, the scripture is really like what I'm going through today. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing. But, I mean, last night, I mean, yesterday here, we had this thing packed. Crane came out. You know, everybody came out. We had we had burgers at car wash. I mean, y'all let us use y'all's church. And I want to personally thank y'all. For that, we raised over $5,000 yesterday, you know what I'm saying, with donations and food sales and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, right now, you know, all my life, I've always told the Lord, I mean, when I got saved 15 years ago, I put Him first, I always had. And now, as we're going through this, I've been blessed most of my life and just a test and a testament to what we have to. So I had to redirect my faith, redirect my family's faith. We've just been walking the line, and like I said, just, I mean, all I do is just let let everybody know here that we love y'all, and like I said, and we appreciate y'all, and just everybody keep the faith, you know what I'm saying? Amen. 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 <laughs> J.R. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for, for testifying. And uh, uh, this is the way God works. When he blesses one, he blesses all. You know, I, I am meeting with, with JR on a weekly basis, and I come out of there encouraged. 
because the Lord meets with us also. And to meet and uh, for him, he says he'd be there in our midst. And so you can do that too. Meet with somebody and know that the Lord's going to show up for you and with you. Amen. All, all good stuff this morning. Thank you all. Uh, thank you, Jr. for offering your heart. And uh, Arthur, starting to, this journey uh, concerning God's love. Good start. Appreciate it. Uh, I was reminded of a few things as you spoke. Uh, by the way, that dying to yourself is what a lot of people did yesterday. They died to themselves for your family. That's what it looks like. It's not hard. It's not hard to figure out. And you know, I was reminded, though, here's maybe the hard thing to grasp <laughs> or to say, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say take up mine. He said take up yours. It means there's a cross with your name on it, with my name on it. When I first heard that, I went, what? ooh, <laughs> I don't really want my name on a cross just for me to die on. You know, let's do this as a group, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but no, take your cross. Take up your cross. So there's a way for you to do it daily. It's actually encouraging that he has a plan for, even for that. If you just let him show you. You know, uh, he said something that triggered this thought in my head about, you know, doing it God's way. You ever been uh, on the job and the new new guy comes in and you explain, this is how you do it. And he has a better idea. He's never been there before, but he's got a better way. And he doesn't agree with the way you've learned to do it over the years. And so he does it his way and, and everything falls apart. And you say, see, God says, see. Every time we do it our way and it falls apart, he says, see, I told you. I told you right there in the book. I gave you the book. And also one last thing. God always wants us to learn of him in the midst of struggle and in the midst of discipline, but also in the midst of blessing. 